when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You have one new voice message, new voice messages. Hello, it's um, Thursday. All right, I like to call it five days after Valentine's Day and I'm still yet to receive flowers, chocolate, a card, anything to tell me that you love me or you care about me. Um... I'm just disappointed, actually. I thought we were something. I thought we were meant to be, but evidently not. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too, jokes. I love you. Bye. Deleted. Hello and welcome to Daddy Look at Me, a podcast where myself, Helen Bauer, and Rosie Jones sit down and talk to our favourite people from the world of showbiz about attention, childhood, and of course, Daddy. Great to have you here. Now let's crack on with the show. I'm going to start a timer because we've got a tendency at the moment to talk for fucking ever. Really? So I'm uh, honestly, it's a disaster. <laughs> oh like, how long have we been? Re- we've recorded episodes that like two hours long at yeah. the moment. No way. Seriously, and they're like we yeah. release them at like forty minutes. Yeah. Because it's half of it is just me I and Rosie want, singing. I the longest one has been. Maybe Joe Lysics, we were fucking hammered. Yeah. What, were you drunk? Yeah. yeah. Really? Why, Why are you looking so surprised? <laughs> we don't do every single one at 10 in the morning. <laughs> well, this wasn't my idea. This was Rosie's <laughs> idea. Early, get over She said, how about 10 a.m.? I thought, okay, okay, this has gone on so long. I'll just say yes. Oh, fuck <laughs> Joe Lysics, were you pissed? Yeah, it yeah. was like a five o'clock. Yeah. Five o'clock, six five o'clock, o'clock recording. That's and still early. We all, oh, oh my God. Hey, you know what? The last yeah. thing we need from you yeah. right now is judgment. George. Pissed in here. For the listener, yeah. it was, um right, we're recording this on a Monday morning. We're both yeah. feeling fragile. It's cold outside. And our guest oh is, I'm going to say, mentally attacking I've us. I've already <laughs> done Woman's Hour. Now I'm doing this podcast. Welcome so, to Girls Hour. <laughs> we love stickers. This is basically the same as Woman's Hour. Absolutely not. But we, we might get a tit out. 
That's the only difference. As if they're not recording Women's Hour topless. Come on. You <laughs> recorded it topless, right? I don't think so. Are no. you serious? No, we were very fully clothed. Balaclavas. What women lot. are they? <laughs> Fucking hell. Come on, it's Woman's Hour. <laughs> well, yeah, Woman's Hour screams to me topless yeah. and like giving advice on you where to find the so, clip. You're taking feminism backwards. <laughs> you're taking women backwards. What is this medieval I'm point of view? currently living in feminism eighth wave person. Personally, where we just do whatever we fucking want and then no, we pin condoms. No, that's Beyonce feminism. It's not working. Um, Beyonce never pinned a condom. <laughs> this is becoming a religious experience. <laughs> so are you a religious kid? <laughs> that was good. No, Come on. Oh, that was yeah. good. No, that was really good. That was good. Should we go with it? Yes, please. Let's go with Helen's segue there. Um, From the well, clapping, I'm guessing, back to Well, actually, <laughs> Helen, let me tell you, I wasn't, but my God, my parents were. Oh, serious. And also, they sent me, I was very naughty as a child. Obviously, I was attention-seeking. Yeah. There was five of us. I've got three brothers and one sister. Oh, no. And I was the eldest girl. And honestly, my brothers were treated differently to me. They could do what they wanted. Mm-hmm. They wanted girlfriends. If they wanted to play sport, they could do it. And I wasn't allowed because my mum and dad always used to say, you know, you need to learn to cook and clean because one day you're going to get married. No. That's what you're going to do. Are you fucking kidding no, me? No, no. And they were very strict. They were very, they weren't religious, but they were very cultural. But I was very naughty because I wanted attention because I wasn't being heard. My opinion didn't matter. My mum used to say things like, you know, don't talk too much. Nobody wants to marry a woman that talks too much. So I became a stand-up comedian. And I honestly, I think looking back, she was right because... <laughs> I haven't been able to get a man since. So I think she was wrong. Who needs a man? I agree, Rosie. I agree. But I do need to have sex before I die. Now, you can masturbate. You can find someone. No, to I sleep can't. With I you. don't know what to do. Honestly, <laughs> Helen. Serious. Honestly, Helen. Honestly, Helen. Okay, do, you, do you have to rush off at the end of this? No, no, no. I'm in no hurry. I've got nowhere to go and nothing to do. But the thing okay, is. Okay, I've got an app that will show you exactly an app? what to do. You're oh, fine. my God. But that's, that's upsetting for me that you don't know how to like wank yourself off. I don't, and I have never done that. Okay, uh, we're doing uh, right. <laughs> Stay tuned uh, for the bonus. Oh, it's the best. I'm not, I'm not lying. But can I just say this? I was so naughty as a child. My parents sent me to a Roman Catholic primary school <gasps> called Our Lady of Fatima. <laughs> We're, we're, sorry, we're Muslim. Right. We're Muslim. <laughs> and they sent us Fatima. to our, our Lady of Fatima, Roman Catholic primary school <laughs> in Birmingham, where I was the only brown girl in the whole school. <laughs> and they made me do um, Holy Communion every Friday, no. where I had to take the bread and wine. But because well, I'm Muslim, I couldn't drink the wine. So I just had to have the bread. <laughs> and all my friends were getting pissed. I was really upset because I wanted to have the wine. I wanted they actually gave you wine as yes. kids. Yes. <laughs> it was a Roman Catholic primary school. And I used to go to mass. I loved it. I played Mary Magdalene in the school play. Oh, oh here we fucking go. <laughs> you got cast as Mary Magdalene, but not the Virgin Mary. No. That's not good. Why are you smiling? That's like, that's your teachers looking at you being like, that's a slut. (laughs) slut. And I was the brown girl playing Mary Magdalene. 
And for some reason, I turned it into a comedy. Everything yeah. I did, the audience were just laughing. And I loved it. I wait, loved wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. There is a lot more to explore here. <laughs> what age are you doing a play with Mary Magdalene? Were you doing The Passion of 11. the Christ? I was 11. And also, <laughs> how is it okay that you were the only brown girl? Well, the thing is, because it was a Catholic school, they wanted to be open to all religions and cultures. But actually, only Catholic went there and I only went there because I was really naughty I got expelled from my previous school what for stealing for? biscuits out of the headmaster's office <laughs> and so my mother and father sent me to Our Lady of Fatima <laughs> and where I was the only brown girl doing mass and holy communion and I'm Muslim and I was going along with somebody else's religion that wasn't even <laughs> how, how the fuck <laughs> I'm so, like, you both seem completely okay with this. I'm not okay. I know, no, no, you're, you're not okay, okay, but no. you seem okay. No, like, but I had to go along with it. That was the, I didn't have any options. But, My parents uh, were really strict. <laughs> Their biggest threat to me was, if you don't do what we say, we're going to send you to Pakistan to get married. <laughs> and I, that always used to fill me with fear. Yeah. And so I just did everything they said. Madness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. So Helen, as a white woman, is so sympathetic to me. She's like, no, we must get a masturbation app. No, this couldn't have happened to you. I am so lost. And half my family are Muslim as well. You know what I think? Seriously. No way. I've had cousins chucked out the family and everything. How come? Uh, Malaysian. My family, like a half Malaysian. Oh my God, seriously. <laughs> seriously. But this is upsetting. But we were like, better behaved. Oh, well, you better behave. I mean, I wasn't, but I was raised here. I've got to tell you though, this is absolutely true. I mean, I, every day after school, they would send us to mosque lessons where I would have to, my friends were going to ballet and tap and I wanted to do that. I always wanted to dance. Yeah. Obviously tap's the best. That's what the cool I kids loved do. Tap. Me too. I me loved too. tap. And I bought tap shoes in secret, but I was never allowed to wear them. And I just- Wait, 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 wait. wait. Right. I, right. How do you get money to get tap shoes? I'm assuming you stole, <laughs> I stole them. them. <laughs> <laughs> I, stole, I stole the money from my mum's purse. I think there was £6.75. I always remember because I went to the ballet shop in Harborn where, where we were living in Birmingham and I bought the tap shoes in secret and I always kept them under my bed in the hope that one day I will be able to go to tap lessons. Did you ever put them on? Yeah, and I used to tap on the kitchen floor when my parents were out. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but they should have sent you to Pakistan. You're such a bad kid. <laughs> I just wanted to dance, like all my friends. But then well, after this is Billy Elliot, but a Birmingham. I know, Muslim girl, Billy Elliot, Muslim promi Billy Elliot. But Uma just want to be a top dancer. And then what happened was um, they um, they wouldn't let me dance, and all my friends were dancing. And every day after school, they would send us to mosque lessons, where we would have to go and see this imam who had a massive beard and a stick. And if we got anything wrong, he would beat us with the stick. And honestly, the stick was not like a proper stick. He broke it off a bamboo tree outside. <laughs> so it was not like funny. a massive log yeah. and it was rough around the edges. No. And you know, the boys would get beaten on their bums. The girls would get beaten on their hands. Every, and we used to, I used to get beaten all the time with this man with the beard with the stick. And they would make us learn the Quran and all religious things after school every day. And all I would do is sit there and think, I want to be tap dancing. Oh. 
I don't feel oh. sorry for her. She she can find a way. She stole them and she did it at home on the kitchen tiles. I know. All you wanted to do was tap dance and eat bits again. Yes, that's right. And and just be the centre of attention. Yeah. And I never got any of that. Yes, you did. You played Mary Magdalene. That's an impact <laughs> role. I, it was an impact because I turned it into a stand-up <laughs> comedy show. Everybody was laughing. I loved the but laughter. This is what I want to get into. How do you turn that role? Mary Magdalene, she yeah. mainly appears in the Bible right when Jesus has died already. Yeah. And what she does is she finds the empty tomb. Yes. And what happened is I was with two other women and we go and we find the empty tomb. And what happened is when I saw the empty tomb, I went, oh my God, it's empty. Oh, why is it empty? <laughs> and I made such a scene about this empty tomb. Oh, why is it empty? Panto Dame sort of a thing. You really I turned it into the Muslim Kenneth Williams. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, why? Oh, look at this, it's empty. Oh, And people started laughing. I mean, 11. I mean, really, it, yeah. people started laughing. Hey, that first laugh, it means a lot. It, it does. Lot. It really it does. It was the gateway mm-hmm. yeah. to so many other things. I felt free. I felt I had a voice. I felt... I had power. Yeah. The power that having you say something and everybody laughs at what you've said. Yeah. There is a power in that that I never had at home. I wasn't allowed opinions. I wasn't allowed to talk. I wasn't allowed to be a a vocal woman. Women don't do that in our culture. But your brothers were allowed to. Yes, always. They were always brought up to be the men, to, to say what they wanted, to tell me what to do. And I never had that power ever in my life. So then up for Mary Magdalene and yeah, you had that power to make people laugh. Were you then making people laugh at school? Yeah, oh God, yes. I mean, after that, when I went into secondary school, I, I was in Huckleberry Finn. I played Finn. Oh. I did, I played all the, I did. Wait, what is Huckleberry Finn? I've heard of it, but is it like? It's, school, it's a school play. It's a really good, um, it's a really good play. Uh-huh. And um, I played Finn. I played a boy uh, when I was a girl, dressed up as a boy. And also I took part in all school assemblies. Um, I I was in one play called Give My Regards to Broadway, where I did the Charleston. Are you serious? And, oh, and I just loved you it. Finally danced. And I loved it being in the school plays, dancing, singing. I was a terrible singer, always out of tune, but I just loved being vocal. Preach. And my parents, they never ever came to watch me. That's what oh, I was curious yeah. about. Like, were, did, were they aware oh. you were staying behind school to do rehearsals, yeah. but they wouldn't come and no. actively support it? No, they never came to watch mm-hmm. me in any school plays. And you know, in all the years I've been doing stand up, they never watch me do stand up live. Really? Do they watch it on the telly? Do you know something strange? People always ask me this about the telly thing because I remember a couple of. Years ago, I, I was on tour mm-hmm. and I was in Manchester that night doing a gig at the Lowry. Mm-hmm. And that night I was on Jonathan Ross, which had been pre-recorded. Yeah. Yeah. And we were driving down the motorway. Somebody else was driving. I was driving down the motorway and it was on TV. Mm-hmm. And um, all my friends and people were tweeting me. Going, yeah, this was yeah. brilliant. Mm. Oh, we loved it. And then I, that night I was going to stay in Birmingham with my parents and I walked in. And to the living room and they had just finished watching it 
and they didn't mention it and it was never talked about and it was never talked about ever again they never asked me any questions about it it's just never but you know never, they watched it like, yeah for sure my brother was there and they said oh we watched yeah. it together but it was never ever talked about and it's never been mentioned since do you think they do show part yeah and they do watch it oh yeah i do but think. They never want to acknowledge Yes, exactly. I, I think so. I think they do watch me on TV. Yeah, They've yeah. never watched me live. But I get that. Like, do, it, I, my parents a, don't mm. come. Like, my mum really wants to, but, like, I'd rather My parents not. don't want to. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to get them an out. <laughs> yeah, because I, but I do agree, Helen, that some, you know, sometimes it's generational. Mm. Sometimes it's cultural. Mm. Sometimes people are just different to you. Sometimes your yeah. parents are just different to you. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you can't love them. No. Or that you can't like them. They're just different to you. And um, you know, because we are people that become comedians, there is something wrong with you to Thank do. You very what we much. Do. I yeah. seriously appreciate it's that. Not, that means a lot. And it's not a normal <laughs> thing to do. All right. Well, look at her stand, as well when you say that. To stand in front of a room full of people <laughs> that you don't know. Yeah. Tell them yeah. personal things about yourself and one acknowledgement for yeah. that. There is something wrong with I that. I told everyone in Essex last yeah. night that my lips are long. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, apparently. Yeah, I told everybody the other night in Birmingham that I tried to lose my virginity to a carrot. I mean, uh, uh, trust why, my paddle brush. Why paddle. did I do that? Uh, That's not normal. Not normal <laughs> behaviour, right? But I think you're a classic attention seeker. Your parents weren't giving it to you at home. So you had to go and outsource it. So you were constantly trying to find it from other people. And even now, like you're still aware of if your parents watch something yeah. or don't watch. Like yeah. you are looking for that applause and gratification from other people because you weren't going to get it at home. But do you think after doing comedy for so many years and getting that attention every night and, you know, doing, uh, getting recognition off TV and, don't you think that would be enough for us? No, 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 <laughs> no. I didn't play Mary in the school play, so I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna be okay. Like I got fucked over as a child. I never got a lead in the school play, so I'm never gonna recover. It never goes away. Yeah. Do you think so? drug. You enjoy it, but then it leaves, and you're searching for that next. I agree, Rosie. I agree, but and also the other thing is, um, you know, the other day I I was recording a Sarah Millican's new show on Radio Four. Yeah, Elephant in the Room, and we did it remotely. Yeah, so she was in her house, I was in my house. Everybody, all the other guests were in their house, and they had an audience remotely. Yeah, so it was they were also in their houses, but it was linked up. Yeah, and. For the first time in nine months, we heard the sound of laughter. Yeah. Collective laughter. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it just knocked us. Yeah. Like, she said to me afterwards, God, the sound of laughter. Yeah. We haven't, we comedians, we're used to hearing it three, four, five times a week. Hopefully. To yeah. not have, yeah. yeah, sometimes from ourselves. <laughs> and, but, 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 you know what? <laughs> to hear, not hear that for nine months, and then all of a sudden you hear it. Yeah. And we we suddenly realize the power of the sound of laughter. It's yeah. healing. Yeah. 
it's healing. It lifts us. Yeah. It makes us realize what. But we don't we realize do. that day to day. No, it's no. the same as when you're no. a kid. Like I can't pinpoint when I suddenly realized that like making people laugh was my mm. favorite thing to do. But I remember always like thinking, oh, on the walk to school, I want to do that yeah. bit or like say that to my friends yeah. and make them laugh yeah. before we get to school. Yeah. Yeah. But like I don't remember the yeah. clicking. Or yeah. The, yeah. But it just happens. Like, and I was the same as you, same as Rosie actually. Yeah. Like school plays, we'd a hundred percent. We'd audition. We try and get in them assemblies. There was a chance to perform. Form, we would be up there performing like it's yeah. just from that early age it was there um, like yeah I, yeah and my fundamentally is just realizing that you have a power yeah. to make someone happier and that oh, yeah. makes them happy and that makes you happy. Absolutely. Nobody's in this business to make people miserable. No. I, could list, I could list a couple. We, I could list a couple. Listen, oh my God, I've made people miserable. But I have, <laughs> I have offended people. We've all done it. I've We've made people cry. I've made people go home depressed. Yeah. <laughs> but I never intended that. I always went out with the intention of making people happy yeah. making people yeah. laugh we yeah. are in the business of making people laugh yeah and that is our intention that God, is what your parents in. must be so proud of you <laughs> hello they don't they've never watched me live <laughs> i think it must be interesting as well coming from such a big family where the brothers like to do whatever yeah. they wanted yeah. like were they funny did you have funny siblings no that's what i was going to say helen is that when you said about you always wanted to go and audition for stuff mm -hmm. and yeah. you love you love you wanted to make your friends laugh before they got you yeah. got to school. In my house, there was never any laughter. And, and, and this is what is very strange. It's, it's a yeah. very extreme situation. Is that in our house there was never any laughter. My dad was very serious and humorless. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you know, in our they I suppose they were funny in their odd way, but yeah. we never laughed together as a family. I think that's common for comics. Yeah. I think it is like a miserable home and trying to constantly make it happier. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. It's that innate need to like lift a situation and like make it laugh. I think a lot of comics are born from like difficult, maybe like sadder homes who are constantly trying to make it really, really fun. So they find their escape elsewhere. Yeah. But I don't think that's uncommon. It's I, not great, but I, I, there was never any laughter in our house. Like I never heard laughter, but we watched a lot of comedy, like as a family. Like my yeah. mum used to love "Are You Being Served." Yeah. Some mothers do have them. Kenny Everett, all the gay ones. Yeah, she but didn't. Your mum is a fascinating she, woman. She <laughs> There's a layer to this. She didn't know they were gay men. She okay. was, Frankie Howard, <laughs> Kenny Everett, she was going, John Inman. She'd go, I really like these men. Aren't they funny? They, were, they laugh really funny. But no awareness of No them. awareness yeah. that they were gay. But they were all gay. She loved all the men. She loved, and she never realised they were gay, and neither did I, till years later. Yeah. But she, we she all, now? I think she knows now. <laughs> Oh, hi. Sorry to interrupt Rosie and I with more I'm meat. Not, Catherine, shut the fuck sorry. up. I'm shut up. But I am here with previous guest Catherine Bohart hi. to talk about an amazing online festival that is coming your way. I am not being sarcastic. Catherine, take it away. Oh, look, I co-host this show every week with Helen and we're doing a weekend festival. I asked her when I was feeling blue and we're stuck with it. But look, the point is, <laughs> the people doing Work in Progress on this weekend called Gig Fest are unbelievable. We have Stuart Goldsmith, 
Olga Koch. Yes. I'm doing one. You're doing yes. one. Yes. Chloe Petz, Nabil Abdul Rashid, Maisie Adam, Rosie, Rosie Jones. Rosie Jones from I Daddy. 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 Crazy. Sindhu V and Charlie Jordan, Andrew White. So it is a really good lineup. And yes, Helen will be there, which I know will make it uns- insufferable. But oh, I almost said unsufferable, but that's because we are drunk as we record this. The Preach. point is, um, if you like Daddy, what's your podcast called? Oh my God, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Guys, go on my website. It's helenbauer.co.uk or .com. I'll figure it out later. It's in my... Shut your mouth. And on Rosie's website as well. And there's tickets to GigFest. Please come and watch us do an hour online. As I've mentioned before, there will be a special prize for anyone who watches an hour of Rosie and then an hour of me on the Sunday of March. Shut up! Of March 21st? It's the, it's the weekend of the 20th, 21st, and we have five hours of comedy both days. So it fills the time better than Netflix, and Helen won't be there the whole time. God bless you and enjoy the rest of the episode. <laughs> Amen. When does God bless you, your thing? Fuck you. So when you were doing, like, your later years exams, like 15, 16, mm. and you're starting, the conversations are starting at school about what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, what do you want to do yeah. after this? Was performance in yes. your mind at all? I was always, I was always in all the school plays. Always got an A for drama. My we my, didn't ask for your grades. Fucking no, no. hell! <laughs> what is it with people who got A's who still I, need sorry. to tell you they got A's? Oh, six yeah, A's, pretty. six A's, and four B's. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. Go on, Rosie. Tell us your grades. I got three A's at A level. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't get that. I got an E in economics. Me too. <laughs> But my parents are proud of me, and that's okay. Yeah, you I got worse grades than both of you, and my mum clapped me out of the room. Like, that's my baby girl. She's tried her best. You didn't get deported and forced into marriage. Hell no. I've got to move to Berlin and go fuck sex parties. Um, I, on one of my parents' evenings, my drama teacher, Mrs. Fisher-Jones, who was amazing. She was She was so bohemian. <laughs> big earrings. Pashmina. Big chunky necklaces. Long cardigans. Yes. And she was a, but she was a fabulous teacher, mm. Mrs. Fisher-Jones. And um, on Parents' Evening, she said to my mum and dad, your daughter has a real talent for drama. You should send her to drama school, after, you know, like a, a stage school after school. The dream for many performance kids. And my parents said, thank you very much, but we won't be doing that. And no. um, they sent me for extra science lessons after school no. instead. Extra chemistry lessons, Ooh. extra maths lessons. We had a tutor come to the house to teach me chemistry and maths. But really, I wanted to be at the yeah. stage school, yeah. tap dancing and doing drama. Oh. Ouch. But were you allowed to pick drama for GCSE? Was that something that, that you was, were able to get through? I, I was able to do that. Good. Um, but my whole childhood... I used to, this is really, I've never said this before, but I read this article in a Sunday magazine about this theatre school called the Sylvia Young Theatre School. I've heard of that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I read that all the cast of Grange Hill came from there. Yeah. And a lot of the, like, shows I was watching after school, all the kids came from this Sylvia Young Theatre School. And I was about 11 or 12, and I wrote to their head teacher of Sylvia Young Theatre School asking if I could come and be a student there. And she wrote back to me, And she said, um, well, all our, a lot of our students are day students who live in London or they are boarding. They are boarding here. You have to ask your parents if they would. And, and also it's private. You have to pay for it. Yeah. Oh. You have to ask your parents if you could come. 
And I used to keep that letter under my pillow with pictures of the Sylvia Young Theatre School, thinking that one day I'm going to be there. And once I'm there, I'll be able to be in Grange Hill and, and EastEnders and all these programmes where they hire the kids from this school to be in there. I was always dreaming yeah. of the yeah. stage. I was always dreaming about it. Yeah. But it seemed like such a long way away yeah. from where I was in, in my life. Yeah, I thought I just was always dreaming about it yeah. and thinking, am I going to get there? Will I get there? Yeah. Will I have this? Yeah, you got there. And then... She's not in Grange Hill. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, when I became a comedian, I started doing that in secret. I did it in secret for about seven years and my, nobody knew. Really? Six, seven years. I never told anybody. And when did you start doing stand-up? Like, how old um, you? I started in about 13 years ago, 14 wow. years ago. Um, and in the beginning, nobody knew and I used to do it in secret and I did it sporadically because I was still teaching at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I started doing it seriously, um, I started doing it every night and I really yeah. wanted to get yeah. good. Yeah. I, I started to, two or three gigs a night, yeah. really gigging yeah. properly. Hungry and I, I, wanted to, I wanted to get good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think people that do stand up love it. That People yeah. that really yeah. do stand up, like yeah. Edinburgh shows, gig every night, yeah. write new material. People that do that, really love stand-up yeah and we don't do it for the money and we don't do it for the fame and when i think about what i've been through dying on my ass people throwing things at me death threats hate mail yeah when i look back at it i think god i must really love (laughs) you know who gets a death threat and then thinks you know what that's fine i'll get up and do it again tomorrow night and so exactly the same things <laughs> i must have really loved it definitely at the beginning when i think about how far i would travel for no money I know. to probably die on my ass yeah. To get back to my house at 2am, <laughs> to wake up at 7 yeah. and do a full day. And the excitement work. of it, the I am yeah. gigging in Huddersfield. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe yeah. I'm going to go perform somewhere yeah. I've never been yeah. before. Like, yeah, it's so exciting. I remember going to a working men's club in Leeds. Um, <laughs> Uh, on a Wednesday night and I was <laughs> teaching all day from nine till four. Yeah. Then I'd get in the car, I'd drive to Leeds to this working men's club where they all booed me off stage. Oh, and right, I think yeah. I got about 40 quid for it. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I paid for the petrol and I drove back <laughs> and I remember getting back at like four in the morning. Yeah. And you know that feeling you've died horribly. Yeah. Nobody will understand this apart from maybe another comedian. Yeah. You fa- it's like having a hangover. You wake up in the next morning yeah. like something awful happened the night before. Yeah. And I yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. And then I got up three hours later to go and teach these 16-year-old boys in Tower Hamlet <laughs> in, in, in the East End science and who were not interested in science. Neither was I. And, and Not with all the tutoring you had. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm in a job that I hate. I'm dying on my ass every night. I'm being tortured to death. Why am I doing this? I must have loved it. I must yeah. have thought, yeah. listen, yeah. I'm going to do this and I'm going to get better and it's going to yeah. go somewhere. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I want to know, because we've heard a lot about your parents. What about your siblings? Were they ever well, supportive? My, I've got three brothers and one sister. And my brothers, my sister's seven years younger than me. Wow. So Big. she wasn't born when I was growing up with my brothers. So it was yeah. just me and my three brothers. And because my parents had given them so much power and so much freedom, you can do what you want. Boys do this, girls do this. You know, uh, as a, my dad used to say, as a girl, you need to learn to cook and clean because one day you're going to get married and you need to know how to cook and clean. My brothers were out playing cricket, playing football. Um, they were given a lot, allowed to go to parties. I was never allowed to go to my first oh, even parties. Like birthday parties. I was no. never allowed. They were allowed to go to school trips. I was never allowed to go on school trips oh, man. Um, because they always their biggest fear was that I was going to get pregnant. And now, yeah, and now they're pissed off that I'm not pregnant. I mean, you can't have it both ways. And then what happened is they would always be worried that I'd look at a boy, a boy would see me, I'd get pregnant and bring shame on the family, you know. And um, so I was never allowed out, ever. My bro- bro- brothers could go to parties, they could go and hang out with their friends, go to their bo- friends' houses. And because my brothers were brought up with that, they kind of brought up with viewing women in a different way. Yeah. yeah. And they always kind of saw me beneath them because I was a girl and they were a boy. Oh, no. I, I had an older brother. I have an older brother and he was very much like that. My other two brothers are lovely though and they saw me as a really strong woman who went out and did what she Good. wanted to do. And they were very supportive to me and they're lovely. But it was difficult being the only girl with yeah. three brothers. That, it's mm-hmm. really hard. Because you're trying to get your voice heard. Yeah. You're trying to stand your ground. You're trying to have some rights. You're trying to just change things and do what your friends are doing. My friends Elizabeth and Christine and Penny. I wanted to be like them. Yeah. You know, why couldn't I wear a mini skirt? Why couldn't I go on holiday? Why they couldn't... wouldn't have been as good as Mary Magdalene. Like, but you I don't had grey legs <laughs> and I wanted to show them off. We <laughs> can show them off now. I know. But you know what? I never look back and think, that was sad because when yeah. you're a child, you don't know any different. Yeah. But if you're like having to stay home, not going out to the parties, I hate so that. So you want to make people laugh. Like, were you ever craving attention in like a sexual love way as a child? Like, when you turned like 14, 15, people started pairing off with boyfriends. Like, mm. were you like, hmm? I was really um, curious about boys and I really like like boys. Did you, you like making them laugh? I did. I like being centre of attention. Yeah. But they never liked me, and oh. I never, um, I never had any 
like boyfriends or I never had I never yeah. had any interaction. The first time I I met her or had an interaction with a boy that I wasn't related to, I think I was eighteen. Really? Yeah. I'd only ever had interactions with my brothers, and the first time I met a boy and knew a boy was when I went to work at McDonald's when I was eighteen. Great job. Great job. McDonald's in Birmingham. Yeah. Which in Harbo- one? In Harborn. Did you get free meals all the time? Oh, and I great. just loved it. I just loved it. I pull on about twenty stone. Worth it though. That, yeah. Yeah. My brother just finished working at McDonald's. He was there for like a year, and he didn't gain any weight. And I was absolutely oh, living. I just loved it. it. I don't know how he did it. It was absolute madness. The thing I loved most is that there were men there. Yeah, obviously. And, and I just fancy you're finally them, out. All of them. All of them. I Did you love getting their attention? Was that yeah. something you were aware of? I just wanted to kiss them all. <laughs> <laughs> and did you? No, I was too scared. I I think I'd be repressed. Yeah, you haven't so masked them. You're yeah. still repressed. <laughs> like. I think so. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's a lot liberal of white woman telling me. <laughs> you are repressed. <laughs> it's not a good look on me. I'm fully you aware of that. This repressed. isn't a good look for me, being the white woman without disability in the room, telling people what they are. The most, but I stick up for it. Helen, you are the most liberal uh, white woman. <laughs> I'm on the extreme end of things, a hundred percent. I bet you were going to nudist camps when you were 13 with your My mother. My grandfather was a nudist. <laughs> Yeah, but like all Germans are nudists. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, it's a naked place. I thought that was just a stereotype. No, no, <laughs> good Lord, no. Do they just let everybody walk around naked? No, but they don't <laughs> walk around naked. But the, the lakes, lakes people are naked. In the parks, you can sunbathe naked. Do like, they go to the supermarket naked? A la clare, oh. imazor. Really? <laughs> Nine. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> and as a culture, that kind of liberalism and nudity, how, how is it is it too much <laughs> no it's not it's fine what's the positive aspect of that i think you're less yeah well this is the thing obviously i grew up in a very conservative town as well so where i'm from fleet so northeast hampshire oh is that very conservative mm-hmm. i weren't there much thank you very much it's on like the uk bible belt like that's the sort of way you could describe it, really? it like it's crazy conservative like it's yeah. always been conservative so it's like I was raised in that way, but then also going to a school where like, I don't know. I think I had a nice time being raised liberal, but yeah, I never thought about the negative and upsides of it, but I think in general it's an up. Yeah. But also it does mean that everything's an option. So then Mm -hmm. it's very hard to make choices. Does it make you feel good about your body? No, God, no, but I'm still, I'm still a a woman. (laughs) That's that's something something that doesn't matter what happens. You've still got to go to school. You've still got to go through like stuff. You've still got a mum. Yeah, about to say, I've got a mum. Like you can still, you can be as like liberal as you want, but you can't help but like pass on like food problems, can you? Really? A hundred percent. I'm also aware my mum listens to this. Hi, Anne. (laughs) Thank you for the eating disorders. Oh, really? You, you, can, you inherit that from your mom? I think everyone does. Yeah. I think it doesn't matter. I was raised, I was in the generation of special K diets where like you did a bowl of cereal for breakfast and a bowl of cereal for lunch and all the girls would talk about it on the way to school. Like it was, that's, yeah. that's one of those things which I don't think is, that's just a culturally world influence yeah, on you. Yeah, it's a cultural it? thing. Like when I was growing up, I was very skinny. And my mum always used to say to me, nobody's going to want to marry you. You're too skinny. You need to put weight on. You need to get fat. You need to get fat. Men Mm -hmm. don't like skinny women. And also, in our culture, I was always told to cover up. Mm -hmm. So in the house, I always had to wear a jumper. 
over my dress mm -hmm. or a shawl over my breast so that I wouldn't mm -hmm. expose yeah. any part of my body. Yeah. So I grew up being quite ashamed of of being skinny and yeah. being, uh, yeah. uh, of being exposing anything. Oh, whatever your body almost... type, your family will find a way to make you ashamed of it. It's and insane. I, 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 and do you know, and now I, and then as I grew up, I thought I like my body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I was then too scared to show it off. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> it's fucking tricky. Particularly like when you're younger sort of a thing. Mm. So you're very aware of like, I was a good swimmer. Like I love swimming. I Me did too. swimming lessons very young. Me too. But I, and I was good at it and I wasn't very sporty particularly so whenever we went swimming I loved it until you get to that age where all of a sudden you're very aware of your body and I wanted to go uh, swimming but I remember being like can I get that early and already be in the pool like it really fucks you same up same thing happened to me I was a brilliant swimmer yeah and so I you want to show it off and I used to go swimming every Saturday I had yeah. all my swimming badges mm -hmm. and I'm all the, in my family I was better than all my brothers of course but when you fucking I, were here we I, go when I got to 13 the swimming lessons had to stop yeah because I wasn't allowed to show my legs anymore. Oh, because I'd reached puberty. And so I remember I had this red swimming costume with a blue and white Your vagina's stripe. not on your knee. It is now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and when I got to 13, I reached puberty and my mom said, you can't go swimming anymore because you're, you're growing hair on your legs, you're growing hair everywhere and boys will see you and they'll, you know, they'll be attracted to you. And so we've got to stop. Oh man. So I stopped swimming. When I grew up, you know, as an adult, I go swimming every day now. Um, but for years it stopped and it was the thing that I loved because it made me feel free being in the water. Yeah, yeah, totally. But then if you can't do it, oh man, no wonder you ended up being a comedian. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. It was, your parents raised you to be a but comic. But what's weird? <laughs> they <laughs> fucked it. Your parents absolutely <laughs> fucked what, it. What's weird is there was no Muslim women before me that ever did stand up in this country. No. No. And it was such an out there thing to do when I look back on it. Yeah. I, that was such... Go to what year was it? It was in 2004, five. Yeah. Um, when I first did like a gig and yeah. then went back, stopped and then went back to it. But I never, there was never, there was no, Shappy was around, mm. um, but there was no other Asian women. No. Yeah. And, it was kind of an out there thing to do because but when people found out in the family, they'd all talk about me as though I was like a pariah, oh. as though, you know, I'd done something really shameful and bad. And this was the reason I'm not married. There's many reasons I'm not married. <laughs> Stand-up like comedy is not one It of is them. an out there thing to do, but playing Mary Magdalene as a comedy role is also an out there thing to do. <laughs> I don't there, feel like it's out of character for the you. The clues were there. Yeah. <laughs> but as white women, I mean, do your parents think are they proud that you are a stand-up would they tell people that you're stand -up? yeah 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 my mom and dad are really proud and i am aware that i am so lucky but oh as well as that then bringing up a disabled child I was never told that I couldn't do anything. So I'm a comedian because they were so open to it all. But you know what? Um, my mum is so supportive right now. 
She's but so on it, Andrea. So good. Hello, Andrea. <laughs> but when I told her I was gonna do stand up, she said, oh, "I can never come and watch you live." But that wasn't an embarrassment thing. That was, she's quite an introvert. And the idea of me being on stage and Mm. being bad at it made her feel so nervous. So she waited till I got good mm. and now she'll come to every show. She does? Yeah, yeah. How does it make you feel when you know that your mum is in the audience? I think I get more nervous, especially because my material is quite quite rude but she's used to it now and yeah i can see her beaming and yeah um but that I'm, made you believe that you could do it yeah yeah and that's everything isn't i it? feel very lucky do you think that's why you think you were able to do it because yeah. they believed that yeah. you could yeah i don't I mean, I think you're amazing because I I don't know if I will be able to do it. If if you didn't have their support. Really? I just think it's mad you told them you were starting stand-up. Like, I'm with you. I didn't tell anyone. Just started. Like, I just think that's just crazy. Why did you tell them? Um... I think I wanted their support on some level and I've never really kept secrets from them. So never apart from (laughs) apart from my sexuality. But that wasn't a secret. I just never told them I was gay because I never had a need to, like, I never had a girlfriend. So I only told them I was gay right before I started talking about being gay on stage because mm. I wanted them to know before I told Derek <laughs> in Portsmouth. <laughs> There's so many Derek's in Portsmouth. Good yeah. Shout. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I... I'm I'm aware I have a good relationship with them and I told them because I knew it would be such a big part of my life 
I wanted them to be part of it. I just want to say that I'm loving this podcast has now become two white women shut off about how supportive their families are. <laughs> I I think it's really amazing how you talk about that so vividly and I try to imagine what that must be like that um, she's got she's got these two supportive parents that made her feel she could do anything in life and therefore she did Um, she never felt that her disability was a hurdle she could do anything she became a stand-up comedian she became a great successful one because simple for the one simple fact, her parents believed in her. Her parents told her she could do it, therefore she yeah. could. That's such a simple concept that she was able to do that all because of her parents and she's never had secrets from her parents. <gasps> That's mad, isn't it? My whole yeah. life has been a secret. <gasps> My parents don't know anything about me. But then I feel like that has made you the yes. amazing yes. comedian because it can work both ways. Because that lack of support made you hungry yeah. for it and more determined. Also, we find our own people to support us. Like you mentioned that drama teacher who yeah, was great. Like sometimes yeah. it doesn't have to come from a parent, but in the adolescent years, like obviously ideally it's at home, but it can sometimes come from a source like a drama teacher. Yeah. Doing something as simple as saying something to your parents, like she should, and that's just enough to be like, oh, she thinks like someone yeah, thinks I could. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they really make an impact. But I think that you need that all the way through your life. Yeah. You need that in comedy. Yeah. You need one that one person in comedy, your agent or, yeah. or the book. But that's why getting an agent is such a big feeling because it's like, oh, someone else thinks I can do this. Because oh, until then you think yeah. it's just you. Yeah, or they think I can make some money out of her. <laughs> or that. But either way, it's someone back. You need you. that. Especially well, in this business, you yeah. need that. Shazia, yeah. you're about to get that for the first time in your life. Am I? You're about to have an, an ultimate backer. I feel like this is your life. I feel like you're Michael Aspel. Thank you very much. And you're going to get out the big red book. Wow. Thank you very this much. Is your this no. This was your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Welcome to the end days. Hello. I am your daddy. Oh, no. No, Don't say oh no. Okay. Your daddy's gonna take you on a day trip. Mm-mm. But I feel like season four, I might do something very different with you, Shazia. Holy shit. We're not going on a day trip. We're going on a week away. I love a week away. And me, you, and Helen. Oh, yeah? We're going to do all the things in your childhood that you weren't allowed to do. Oh, God. So one day we're going to go on a school trip. Great. One day we're gonna all go swimming in our favourite costumes. Naked. Naked. 
<laughs> and then we'll all go to McDonald's. Oh my god. And yeah. then can we go tap dancing? No, <laughs> that's a whole day in itself. I don't want to do a full day of tap. We are doing a full day tap. You know what? My mum does tap dancing once a week. We can go do it with her we'll and the ladies in fleet. Yeah. One day we are putting on the Mary Magdalene play. Good, because I actually want to see this yeah. play. I want to see 11-year-olds doing the resurrection yeah. of Christ. But like, also, it's such a choice of a drama department, isn't it? But also, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I just want to make it very clear. Every school across the country does the birth of Jesus Christ. But you went to a school that was like, death and resurrection. There's something wrong with that, but we don't have time. That's hilarious. But then that day, before we put on the play, we're going to go to communion and you're having all the wine. Oh, that's going to be great. No, I've never, I've never, I've never drunk wine. Um, <laughs> do you still not drink? I've never drunk wine in my life. What do you drink? I've drunk champagne a couple of times, a okay. few times. I mean, many times. Um, but uh, <laughs> I've never drunk wine. I've never drunk red wine. I've never drunk white wine. I've never drunk beer. Mold wine? No. Never drunk... Ribena? Yeah, Ribena. I've never drunk beer. Ah, uh, well... I was always scared to do that. Hey, hey, that's fine. You do whatever you want. And then one day... I'm going to get a piston wine and voice to masturbate, though. And then (laughs) one day we are going to teach her how to match the That'll be a masterclass from me. You're going to love it. Happy week... A masterclass. Yeah. (laughs) A master... (laughs) Happy week away! Yay! Thank you, Daddy! Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. How how do you think your week's going to be? Looking forward it to isn't it. Carry on, Rosie. What is your favourite day? Um, my favourite day. I think I like. I think I like Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was looking for like tap day because on Madonna's day. When I was like... a kid, I had. A <laughs> I had a I had a packet of knickers, and um, they had the days of the week on Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Friday knickers were the ones I had for the longest amount of time. That was the best misconviality <laughs> moment of all time. That was fucking perfect. Nadia, w- you've been the best. So Friday, <laughs> we go and tap dance. I would love that. All with special knickers on. I would love that. Um. Oh. That has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you, no, thank you for having me. No, thank you. No, thank you. No. Oh, can I just no. tell one Rosie anecdote? Yeah. The last time I saw Rosie, she was in Edinburgh and she was doing a show at this venue and she had no audience. She had absolutely nobody was there. What? And it was like 10 minutes before the show was about to begin. And I'm walking down Cowgate and she runs out of the venue and she goes, I've got no audience. Since 2017. And and my show starts in 10 minutes and I've got no audience. And she was on the street shouting like a mad woman. I've got no audience. And there was like a group of comedians. I was one of them walking up the street. We saw Rosie just standing outside the venue shouting. Fucking hell. And so me and some other comics 
Uh, we got onto the street and started grabbing people from the street um, and dragging them into the venue so that Rosie could have an audience. Holy shit, and Rosie. me and Mark Olver managed to get about 25 people no. from the street into the venue. And then when about 10 minutes later, the venue was packed and we couldn't get in. <laughs> Sold out. It was sold out. And me and Mark Olver, who'd got the audience in, they wouldn't let us in. And it was packed and Rosie was doing this sellout performance. Rosie, I don't know why you're laughing. That's a good story for you. You come across badly in that. You come across desperate on the street. That Edinburgh, I did three things. And I went back and I had a suitcase of three thousand pounds in cash. <laughs> Those are the good old days. Right, <laughs> give us your do you uh, cash. Do you remember cash? <laughs> give us your socials, please, just two, and then we can do more Rosie Star. Unbelievable. <laughs> that is such a fucking hilarious story. <laughs> a suitcase of cash, you bank robber. I mean, do you remember cash? I got paid in cash oh. last night. I feel good right now. I got cash last night. How? I got paid in a Christmas card. <laughs> it was very nice. Um, Shazia, please give us your socials before we forget. Socials? Yes. Or anything you want to plug. Oh, my social security number. Please. <laughs> Sort code, account number. 301916 Santander. Um, <laughs> I'm with Santander. How fun is that? <laughs> Don't hack me. Don't That's actually me. not the sort code for Santander. No, it's 0920127. I'm on Instagram. I am Great. the Shazia Mercer. The. Um, on uh, Twitter, I don't tweet that much. I'm on Instagram more. I like <sighs> pictures. Uh, but on Twitter, I am Shazia Mercer 1. Sick. And I'm on Facebook, Shazia Mercer. Come on, guys. Yeah. I mean, and we're just going to be tagging her on all of our socials life, about this episode. I am Dame Shazia Mercer. Are you a dame? No. Oh my God, I literally lost it for a second. One day, we're doing that on our week out. A damehood? Yeah. (laughs) You've been amazing. Thank Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You have one new voice message. New voice messages. Bonjour, Monsieur James Acaster. It's it's our season finale next week. This is such an emotional moment for me and Rosie Jones. And we just know we need to go out with a bang. And we just think you would be the perfect guest to be daddy's last baby boy of series four. So please, please call us back. Let us know if you're free and let's do this thing. Merci beaucoup. Delete it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.